Hey, good morning, Munchtropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Charlie, after you, Junior. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Lockdown. Episode number 24. Tonight, we're talking about animation slash live action hybrids. Uh... I'm excited for this topic. I think there's some fun stuff that we could bring up. So, looking forward to it. Um, on the panel tonight, we've got Caleb Boatman, as always. Caleb, how you doing? I'm always here. I'm good. Uh, I, I had a good day. I uh, went out to the to the movies, uh, saw French Dispatch, uh, and also uh, took advantage of the Barnes & Noble Criterion sale. So. Yeah, that is a good day then. Ooh. Then they had they had uh, an Albert Brooks movie, Lost in America, on Criterion. So I got that going for me now. I, I, I think it's over there, though. But I do own that one. Uh, that sounds like a magical day. Brandon, welcome to the show. Brandon's here for the first time on the show. Brandon, how are you doing? Uh, I thought I was having a good day, so Caleb mentioned his day. I mean, my town doesn't have a Barnes & Noble anymore, and we don't have the Friends Dispatch yet. So, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's going good. It's going good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be out here for the first time. I've seen a few episodes of the show, and I thought it was really fun. And when I saw there was an opening, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got Mr. Menchaka, I believe, also here for the first time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nice. that's right. Okay, that's fair. Mark, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I. You know, I like coming on these things because I can always pour a couple beers and never feel bad because I don't feel like I'm drinking alone. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. Absolutely. Uh, well, we're going to start the show the way that we always do, which is we're going to talk about the favorite movie that we logged this week. Uh, just going through talking about what we liked uh, instead of the things that we don't like. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick us off. Um I, I was just telling everybody here before uh, we started that it was actually a light week for me. Um, I didn't watch a lot of movies. Um, so honestly, like I've looking at my letterbox um, from the time the show ended last week to today, I watched one, two, three movies, which is very strange for Timmy. I don't I don't do that often. <laughs> Um, so if I'm going based on that alone, um, my favorite movie I logged this week was also my favorite movie of all time, which is Monsters, Inc. I watched it last week <laughs> after the show. Uh, it was the, uh, the 20th anniversary of the, of the movie. Uh, so I watched the movie and then actually throughout the week, I've also been watching the, uh, Monsters at Work, uh, sequel show on Disney plus, which is, a uh, meh. But uh, the movie itself, fantastic. It's my favorite movie of all time. I've talked about it on the show. I love Pixar and a lot of, I I would say I like 80 to 85% of Pixar movies, if not love them. Uh, but this is the one that forever and always. Uh, Boatman, uh, you like this film and you're wearing that shirt again. So please tell us about Monster Things. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I alluded to it last week. Uh, there, there are some great scenes in that because last week was the anniversary of it. Yep. And uh, you know, Randall just interrogating Mike with the the scare floor will be painted. Mike Mike Wazowski is just one of my all time favorite characters. Like not just animated, like just in film. I love Mike Wazowski. <laughs> um, Rand, I mean, I I, I find that this is a movie that like kind of did this weird little dip where I loved it as a kid. Then I was like a teenager and first getting into movies. And I was kind of like, eh, it's good, but it's lesser tier Pixar. And then it's kind of come back around and I, I stand by it as like top five Pixar. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about Monsters Inc? I absolutely love Monsters Inc. Um, I loved this the first time I saw it. I thought it was so cool. You know, like with Toy Story and a lot of other Pixar things, they took an Pixar took an idea, like, oh, like, is there more to monsters in the closet type of scenario? And they just ran with it. And I thought it was so cool. And Monsters University was was okay. I was really looking forward to the monsters at work with with but Tim, I, I kind of thought with you what you said is I was meh. I thought it was a cool idea. I thought the execution was a little sloppy, but it was still fun to see Mike and Sully back. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, what do you think about Monsters, Inc.? Uh, I don't know. Am I going to be bringing the panel down if I just say I liked it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no <laughs> this isn't I, YLS. I'm not going to scream you don't like the movie. Oh, I mean, what? I do. I, I like it. You know, there's it's been, I'll be honest, it's been a minute since I've rewatched it. And I, it's a, I'm also a movie I'm kind of Weird out that I don't like it as much because I like I I kind of love everything else Pete Doctor does, and this one just the first time I watched it, it just didn't it just didn't really grab me probably because you know I, I was like twenty first first time I saw it but I mean that's fair. Not, not, it's not like that affected <laughs> up I saw that when I was eighteen so that so that really shouldn't matter but yeah I do like it but just don't love it as much other Pete Doctor stuff. All right, I'm not um, mad that you only like Monsters Inc. I'm mad that you like Up more. Uh, boatman what is your favorite movie you logged this week uh my favorite movie i logged this week i didn't realize it was going to be my favorite movie i logged this week but then i realized i haven't actually logged all that much this week uh so i i had to go with this one uh it's a movie i watched today french dispatch yay nice Uh, nice I, there, there are technically others, but I don't like to talk about rewatches because I like to talk about stuff I haven't really talked about. Uh, but yeah, French Dispatch is is just uh, really good. I, I had, I think with any anthology style film, there's going to be like things you don't like. But overall, I had a very fun time with it. Uh, I think the best segment was easily the Jeffrey Wright segment. To me, that one was awesome. Uh and I this I have I've heard like that this is Wes Anderson at its most Wes Anderson. I disagree, but what I think I would say is that it is his most movie, in that it is him basically just doing everything. Not necessarily all the Wes Anderson tropes, but he just kind of tries a lot of different things, and I think the format allows to do it. And I like seeing him seeing him experiment a little bit more. Yeah, uh, this was my pick last week. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was it's one of top 
three or four, probably four Wes Anderson for me. I really, really enjoyed it. So I don't need to go too much into it. Uh, Mark, I saw you logged it. What'd you think of the movie, buddy? <laughs> Set me up. Uh, I, <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I feel like I go into this with every Wes Anderson movie. I see the trailers like, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, Isle Full of Dogs. Oh, that, that could be cool. And that and I just kind of leave going, Oh yeah, this is, this is like like it like I feel like at this point the Grand Budapest Hotel is the exception. It's not the rule, like for me with Wes Anderson films. <laughs> and it's funny, Bowman, that you mentioned like it's not as most Wes Anderson. I believe my exact quote on Letterboxd, it's the most Wes Anderson has ever Wes Anderson. Like it it is a hundred percent like the most Wes Anderson has ever has ever been himself but i mean it, it's what he is at this point and i know people love him but you know it he, he's just not for me that's fair uh brandon you said this hasn't come to your town yet so i'm assuming you haven't seen it yet <laughs> not not yet it's definitely on my list i keep checking with the website every time i every time i i you know every every new week and usually my my little my little theater is pretty good at getting the independence but for some reason they're just not snagging this one yet so Maybe I'll have to go to Phoenix to, to go check it out. But I, I plan to cool. see it eventually because I'm really excited for it. Awesome. All right, Brandon, why don't you tell us what your favorite movie along this week was? All right. Well, speaking of what Mark said about like, you know, being dropped out of the link, um, I did what Boatman did and I picked like a movie that I hadn't seen before. Um, and it was the newest installment in the Paranormal Activity franchise. The Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which was on Paramount Plus. Um I love that franchise, how it started. It's been bumpy, for sure. Uh, I liked this one because it felt detached, like kind of like a reboot, so that they can keep making further paranormal activity movies if they want to. And so I was, I was hoping that they weren't going to continue the same storyline and they were going to try something else, which they did. And the ending sequence was really, really freaky, and I was happy with it. I thought it was very good. Uh, I'm glad you say that because I, uh, I like this franchise when I was yeah. younger, when it first started, um, I really liked, uh, I really liked two and three. One is, nah, it's fine. I really liked two and three. And then everything else afterwards was kind of like, yeah. I'm seeing it because I feel this obligation, <laughs> the obligation to finish the franchise. Seen all the other ones, and there are good moments, I think, in all of them. But yeah, it hasn't been. I think three is some. So there's some really good uh, horror um, tension in that movie. I think I think they do that one really well. So um, you're the first person I've talked to that has seen this. Oh, okay. Uh, so I will check it out. I, I've seen the, a ton of commercials I, for it. I do recommend um, it. It was it was more. It was very very surprising. Yeah, I watched so, it more out of curiosity than anything else. No, I that's I was that's what I was planning on doing. So, uh, yeah, I I will I will give it a uh, check out. Boatman, uh, you don't seem like you want to watch these movies. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I haven't I haven't seen Blair Witch. You think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Paranormal Activity Fifty Seven? No. <laughs> Fair, Mark. Uh, I also uh, have not seen it, but I probably will. I have a weird fascination with all these demon possession movies, even when they're really, really bad. Yeah, the devil inside is a is oh jeez, treat one. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's connect the cuts. Yes, yeah, that's right. 
Uh, Mark, your favorite movie along this week? Uh, yeah. Um, notice uh, here I had a little bit of a Halloween hangover, and the <laughs> thing I, I uh, decided to watch this past weekend was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Ooh. Which, in all honesty, this movie I, I remember seeing in the theaters like uh, I think it was what two years ago. I think it. Yeah, it, it was just, 2019. Yeah. It it just it honestly just really surprised me. I didn't expect that much from it. I mean, I remember reading those books as a kid, most notably because they were actually kind of creepy. And watching this one, it's I I think the main thing I take away from it is just a great entry barrier horror film. Like if you're just kind of like a, a nine, ten year old kid and you just kind of want to get into horror film, this is a good one to do because it's one that I feel like is actually trying to be scary but it's also not trying to it, it's also not being it, it's being very clear but not being aimed at an older audience like it's it's like it's trying to actually scare kids but at the same time it doesn't have like a lot of it like it doesn't feel like a, a goosebumps where it's like it's trying to tell a joke every five minutes and kind of trying to lighten the mood no this is it's just a scary situation for like tweens and teenagers to be in and it's 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 one that has grown on me over the last couple of years and it's probably gonna continue to be on my halloween watch list from now on all right uh yeah i saw this in the theater uh with maggie and tyler when it came out and uh i remember thinking it was good that i i enjoyed watching it but i've never felt the need to really go back to it um i agree with you on it being like a good entry level uh, horror movie uh, but I thought that some of the stuff in it um, would have benefited from being R-rated I think that they could have like really gone balls to the wall with the R rating if they had done it but uh, I liked the movie fine uh, I if somebody popped it in I would watch it again that I have no like rush to get back to it uh, Boatman another horror movie have you seen this one no but I was kind of intrigued by it and then I just didn't see it that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Uh, yeah, I saw this one in the theaters, um, and I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, a lot for what Mark said. You know, it's it's a good entry level into the horror genre. Uh, my first one was Scream, which is not good for an entry level, but at the same time, it kind of is. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people that I've I've talked to have said that uh, similar to what you said, Tim. How like you know, if you had an R rating, it could go this much further. I, I like how it stayed in the pocket because I genuinely think this was meant for younger children, not younger children, but like older kids, twins, stuff like that. So I think they did just the right amount of scariness and, you know, pushing the limit. So I liked it. All right. Uh, then we will move on to our least favorite movie that we logged this week. <laughs> uh, mine is going to be really dumb. Just giving you a heads up. Uh, I watched this yesterday um, because I realized, you know, I haven't really watched anything this week, so I should probably watch something. Uh, so I watched the animated Resident Evil <laughs> Vendetta movie, and uh, I'll give some backstory here. Uh, I and I by no means hated this either, but um, I recently got into the Resident Evil video games. So I've been playing through all of those games uh, all the way back from the first one, and I just finished the sixth one. So I've been I've been going through them, and uh, because I'm a weirdo, uh, I purchased the three animated movies, and I watched the first <laughs> two, 
And this is the third one. Uh, it's a lot of backstory. It's not great, but if you like the video games, you'll like the movie a little bit. So <laughs> I guarantee none of you have seen this, I would assume. So again, <laughs> I watched like three movies this week. Um, and this was one of them. So it was by far the worst of the three that I watched. So uh, Bowman, why don't we move over to you for your least favorite movie log this week? Uh, my least favorite movie log this week is a movie. I think I am the lowest rating of all the people I follow on Letterboxd for this movie. Uh, I am going with uh, the Michael Mann film, The Last of the Mohicans. Wow. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think this is a bad movie by any means. I think that this is a incredibly well-made, well-directed film. It's honestly just not a story that like vibes with me whatsoever. It's just not my kind of movie at the end of the day. Like I completely get why why people enjoy it and why why people want to watch it. But it's just it's <coughs> it, it's mm-hmm. I think I, I just probably wouldn't like like the book. I, I just don't think it's like a movie that's for me. Day Lewis is fine. I don't think this is like one of his top tier performances or anything. It's it's just perfectly fine in my opinion just kind of mediocre um yeah you have it at a two and a half i gave it a three i agree this one was a little hyped up for me um and i liked it a fair like a fine amount like but it definitely didn't it didn't hit the level that i i wanted it to and i i brought this up last week i watched this during a time where all i was doing was watching movies that people had recommended to me as being some of the best movies ever made. So I was watching a bunch of movies that I was giving like fives and fours to like crazy. So every now and then one of them that is probably more of a four star movie might've like gone down to a three a little bit. If I like, you know, watch the master and then I watch the last of the Mohicans, it's kind of hard for me to be like, Oh, well, but um, I remember liking it fine. So uh, Brandon, Last of the Mohicans. Um, you know, that was one of my mom's favorite movies growing up, when I was growing up, and I, I could not get into it. Um, I agree with Boatman where it's it's fine, but it's just not my cup of tea. Um, and it's funny, even though like as I've matured and grown up, my tastes have changed, but yet that movie still is not my cup of tea. You know, it's very slow moving, uh, very much Oscar bait, which I know Oscar bait gets made every year, but this one was just just felt like serious. What's the word? Obvious Oscar bait. <laughs> and that's not my cup of tea. All right, Mark. What about you? Um, yeah, I'd probably say I, I I definitely like this movie the most. Probably in this panel. Um, not, it's I'll admit it's been a it's been a bit since I've seen it all the way through. Although it. I mean, if I'm being honest, I've probably seen the last 20 minutes of this movie probably 37 times. Like the last 20 minutes is, if we're all being honest, it's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, come on. Who here hasn't yeah, you know, listened to I... Trevor Jones's promontory and just ran through the woods, you know, just like with, with an axe, <laughs> like just ready, just ready to murder somebody? It's great. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, all right. Uh, Brandon, let's go to you. Your least favorite movie along this week. Uh, my least favorite, actually, I, I super late jump on the bandwagon with this one, but I delayed it because I didn't have a lot of interest in watching it when this 
when this category came up, I said I had to watch it. So Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> that is the lowest, that is the lowest scoring, uh, worst movie that I logged this week. Um, I love the original Space Jam and I liked A New Legacy for trying to do something different. Um, but to be honest, with them throwing all the different Warner Brothers characters and properties in the audience, it was a huge distraction from the actual like basketball game that the movie was centered around. And that really bummed me out. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the basketball player. It's not, it's not Kobe Bryant, obviously. It's, oh, uh, oh uh, LeBron James. Um, he was fine. He, he's a terrible actor, but Michael Jordan was too. So he was fine. He was a terrible actor, but he was fine. <laughs> um, but I, I love the first one so much, and I was hoping the second one would be able to be as good, and it just wasn't. Uh, I'm with I'm with Brandon, uh, except for the part where he said he likes the original. Um, <laughs> let me let me let me tell you, we've talked about this movie on the show before. Uh, we started this show pretty close to the time that this had come out in theaters. Um, yeah, this is bad. I saw this by myself opening day and I was like in the middle of a row and absolutely surrounded by people who fucking loved this movie. And wow. I'm sitting there wanting to like blow my brains out. <laughs> and I walk into the mind and I, I saw, I did a triple feature that day and that was my first movie. I then walked across the hall and saw Pig and was one of three people in there. And that's my favorite movie of the year. So what the fuck do I know? Uh, but I will have fond memories of Space Jam A New Legacy only because I saw Pig right afterwards. And I also saw Escape Room Tournament of Champions that day. Uh, that day was magical. That one wasn't uh, terrible. But uh, it's not awful. It's fine. Um, but yeah, this was a uh, hmm. this this is bad, it, Michael. Okay, listen, buddy. This is a children's movie, <laughs> and they do the thing where they're like, "Oh, we got to get the team back together." Where's the team? Oh, they're in Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> and The Matrix and Casablanca. You know. Kids favorite movie, Casablanca. <laughs> I'll be honest, yo, I haven't seen Face Jam a New Legacy. The premise of Yosemite Sam and Casablanca is really intriguing to me. Uh well, it's on my voodoo, so you can go and watch it. <laughs> I might just watch that scene. That's also you could probably YouTube that. You probably YouTube uh, it, yeah. Mar or Boatman's, you just said you haven't seen it, but you have any I haven't seen, seen it, but you know what? You want to watch a good Looney Tunes movie? Don't watch one with Space Jam in the title. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even talking about back in action, but that one's better than people give it credit for. I agree, I, I agree with that. The Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, uh, the uh, Thousand and One Rabbit Tales. There are some good theatrically released Looney Tunes movies, people. Daffy Duck's Fantasy Island is a lot of fun. All right. Mark, did you see this? Uh, the child in me will not allow me to see it. That's fair. You realize you're going to have to watch <laughs> the trivia one day and you're going to want to die. I'll read the wiki. <laughs> That's fair. I'll read the wiki. 
All right, Mark, uh, why don't you give us your least favorite movie along this week? Uh, I got to pick. kind of had a feeling I was probably going to pick this one for because I would have gotten for another movie that's already mentioned. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 13 Ghosts. It's probably the, the movie I like the least. And it's honestly a movie I don't even dislike all that much. It's, I mean, because it's a movie that I, I, I've seen a bunch. It's really stupid. And it's super silly, but god damn it, do I watch it pretty much every time around this time of year? Like it just it, it for whatever reason, <laughs> stupid thirteen ghosts like just has me coming back. And you know, there's is, is this yeah, the one with Tony Shaloub? Yes, it is the one with the, yeah. Tony Shaloub. It's yeah. Tony Shaloub and Matthew Lillard in his most Matthew Lillard he, he's ever been. Yeah. But you know, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 delightful, Matthew Lillard. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's something, but even though I, I mean, watching through it, like, man, this is bad. What am I doing? But you know, I still sat there and just watched the whole thing because you know I am who I am at this point. <laughs> I am who I am. Uh, I am I, what I am. I haven't seen this one all the way through, but I definitely saw like parts of it on TV, like back in the day. Uh, but I've never actually sat down and watched this whole thing, so I can't speak too much to that. Uh, Bowman, have you seen this? Uh, I have not. You bring up a lot of horror movies that Boatman has. That's, that's the thing. That's fair. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Uh, yes, I have seen it. That was like right in the middle of the craze of like Scream, Urban Legends. I know what you did last summer. 13 Ghosts. Um, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's definitely a guilty pleasure. I probably return to it like once every three years. And it's because of Matthew Lillard. I love that guy. I wish he would do more stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to what movie did we add to our watch list that we are most excited about? Uh, I will go first. Uh, for me, I uh, put the new Netflix movie, The Harder They Fall, uh, I've heard really, really good things about this. Uh, so I've been looking forward to watching that one. Um, I, I don't honestly know much about it other than the cast. And I really like the cast a lot. Uh, Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King. So like I'm I'm there for that. I think uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in it too. I really, really like him. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Boatman, what did you add? Uh, I added the film The Day Trippers. And I added it to my watch list because I just bought it on Criterion. Uh, it's uh, Greg Matola's like film that kind of got him uh, some clout. It's with Park Posey and Stanley Tucci. That's really all I know about the it. Tooch. I the Tooch. The uh, Tooch. Mark, when did you add your watch list? Uh, yeah, I want to try to watch a couple of noir movies over November. So I added the Asphalt Jungle. Um, mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't really know anything about it. So it's always directed by John Huston. But you know, I'm I'm always uh, I'm always looking to, you know, watch a couple old noir movies. Brandon? Uh, mine would have to be, I believe it's called Red Target, the new one on Netflix with uh, with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. And it, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, the trailer makes it seem really, really fun and kind of goofy. And it's by the director of, of Dodgeball and mm-hmm. Win the Millers. So I don't know. It seems like a good combination. It's probably going to be really silly and beyond stupid. But I'm in for that every once in a while. <laughs> that's fair all right so 
now we will go uh, to the main topic of the show. Now that Tim's back, I don't have to actually host. <laughs> I mean, you're more than welcome to. Uh, uh, Michael wants to know about the Nerve poster, Brandon. <laughs> oh, it's it's a banner. Um, I got it while I was working at the theater, and it is super tall, like vertically. So it's a bus shelter. I yeah. thought it was no, no, no. It's a banner, like bigger than a bus shelter. Oh damn! Um, like so nerve. The movie was cool, and I thought the colors were really cool. You got the the neon, and you can't say no to Emma Roberts on one side. Dave Franco's good looking dude, but I just thought the banner was really cool. And the movie was cool too. Nice. So that's why right. it's there. There you go, Michael. Uh, okay, yeah, we're gonna get into the meat of the show: uh, animation, live action hybrids. Uh, I am going to kick us off. I don't know if this is a cheat, um, but I think it counts because there's it's an animated movie and it has live action people in it, but it's not really in the sense of like what I think we were really going for. But I'm going for it: uh, the Lego Movie. Um, okay, I'll allow it. Uh, so, uh, I, this movie was one of the biggest surprises for me in 2014. Um, I don't think that the sequel was very good. The Ninjago movie was bad. Um, I like the Batman one, but, um, that's cause I like Batman. <laughs> so, um, but this movie I thought was really clever, very funny based on the trailers. I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I see everything, so I went to see it, <laughs> and I loved it. I saw it three times in the theater. Thought it was super funny, really clever. This kind of started the uh, Chris Pratt athon, and now all of a sudden <laughs> he's voicing Garfield and Mario. So you know, yeah, this is mm. the world we this is the world we live in. Um, but this I really way. enjoyed. I just I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, um, but I've been wanting to go back and rewatch it just because I thought it was really funny and clever. So, Bowman, what do you think about the Lego movie? I love the Lego movie. I think that this film has like so much satire in it. Like, like I think like I love the way this film like subverts the chosen one narrative. Like, oh, we've got this character who is, like, prophesied to do whatever. And the way this film, like, so many family films do that, especially, like, around that time period did that trope. And the film absolutely just spins that trope on its head, and I love it. Like, the only two films to really do that trope super well are, like, Kung Fu Panda and this. And I love both of the ways that they subvert that trope. Brandon, what about you? Uh, Lego Movie, I was very pleasantly surprised with that movie. Um, it's probably in my top five of this kind of, you know, um, topic. Um, I, I really just enjoyed how it's, it had a lot of symbolism as to where, like, you know, President Business wanted things to be done, you know, a certain way by the book, you know, in the books that you get in the little Lego sets. And then everybody else just wanted to build Legos their own way and, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, do you conform to, you know, society or do you do your own thing? I thought that was really cool. And they did it in a way that was accessible for many, many ages. I yeah. thought it was really cool. Mark, what about you? Uh, yeah, I like this movie. Uh, I like this movie a lot. It, um, I, I remember going to see this a bunch of my friends uh, opening weekend. Thought, what are we doing? We can be doing a lot of different things. We're going to see the 
goddamn Lego movie. <laughs> and and it, you know what? I mean, like, I, I mean, I feel like I've said this, uh, at least on Cam before, just Miller and Lord are, for whatever, they have just a way of taking things that sound just like horrible ideas and then turning them into good movies. <laughs> things that, you know, in no way should work. And, you know, they make a good movie out of it. Like, they, they've proven at this point, like, if they ever do decide to stupidly remake the Back to the Future movie, like, you know what? If you're telling me Lord and Miller are doing it, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> you're 100% right on that. Yeah, no, I would. I, I am a hardcore uh, BTD fan, but I, I really do agree with you on that one. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, Boatman, your first pick. All right, uh, I'll leave the obvious one. I'll take the second obvious one. Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I I like the the old movies, so I'll I'll go with Mary Poppins. Uh, Mary nice. Poppins. Are you gonna call this a full animation live action hybrid? I don't care. the The scenes in the animated world are some of the most fun scenes in the movie. Uh, in the in the sidewalk drawing and super califragilistic. So I'm counting it. Uh, like the Jolly Holiday sequence and the penguins, it's it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I I just think that this is like just a film that like is impossible to watch without a smile on your face. Like there are so many great just happy moments in this movie. At the same time, the film doesn't shy away from some of the heavier moments. Like I think legitimately, the scene where. Uh, Mr. Banks is walking knowing he is going to get fired and the film just kind of lets you sit there. It does really hit in the scene where he gets fired, but then the film kind of makes it all work out. And I, I think Let's Go Fly a Kite is just one of like the most triumphant moments in cinema history. <laughs> yeah, I've never been the biggest Mary Poppins person, but I like the movie. Um, it, I didn't grow up watching this one, so it didn't really ever do anything for me, but I like it. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Um, I did grow up watching this one because my mom absolutely loves it. Um, and I don't have a bad thing to say about it. It's a great movie. Um, I still to this day cannot say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious backwards. I keep trying. Can't do it. Um, but I don't I, think anyone I, should I, try. You can hurt yourself. <laughs> Um, but I always thought it was super cool. I love the scene where they just jump into the chalk, into the chalk on the cement, and they're just in the cartoon. I thought that was so cool. You're like, you can't jump into a chalk painting. But they did. And it was so cool. <laughs> the dancing penguins, you know, and the little, you know, tuxedos and stuff like that, dude. It was, there's definitely something magical about Mary Poppins, and it brings out the kid in me, and it's, it's awesome. What about you, Mark? Uh, it, it has been a really long while since I've seen Mary Poppins, so I don't know if I speak super intelligently on it. I mean, do like it. I think, think it's good. You know, just uh, don't, don't really get dragged back too much to see Mary, old Mary Poppins. That's fair. I see Sherry Bobbins <laughs> more than I see Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Brandon, your first pick. Uh, I'm leaving the super obvious one off the table right now, too. Um, I am going to go with 1995's Casper. Um, if that counts. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I, no, I think that yeah, counts. I counts, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 
absolutely love that this movie. Great Clint Eastwood uh, cameo. <laughs> What's that? Yes, Dan Aykroyd cameo. We're gonna call someone else. Um, <laughs> I still don't know how they got the rights to do that because it was Sony and Universal. But whatever. I'm not, I'm not even getting into that. Um, <clears throat> the reason why I picked this one is because it's literally stood the test of time for me. I watched it in theaters as a kid when I was like 10 years old. I still watch it every single year. I think it's really cool. There's something different about the animation back in the 90s where you didn't see CGI everywhere yet. Yeah, it was right after Jurassic Park, but even Jurassic Park did like animatronics with CGI and stuff like that. But the fact that like the ghosts were just, you know, still see-through and stuff like that, the part where Casper goes invisible and fl- the floating orange glass, the effects in that were super good. I love the story. I thought it was super, super awesome that Bill Pullman was a ghost psychiatrist, which is not something that you a ghost therapist, which is not something that you see anymore. Um I don't know. There's just something super really fun about Casper, and every time I watch it, it makes me feel warm and toasty inside. Uh, I saw this when I was a kid, but I have not seen it since. Uh, so I couldn't. I can't really speak to it. It's ba- if I watched okay. it, if I watched it today, it would be like watching it new. That's how long it's been since I watched <laughs> it. So, Boatman, uh, Casper. Here's the thing. Have I seen Casper? Yes. Do I remember anything about Casper other than the fact that it has a weird Dan Aykroyd cameo or the weird (laughs) scene or like the, I could not tell you what the plot of Casper is. Do they, do they go around in a van solving mysteries? Is there, is there a court case halfway through? I don't know. No, no. Those are our questions. I'd watch that. I'd watch Casper the ghost in a courtroom. Mark, have you seen Casper? Um, you know, I completely forgot that this movie exists um, until like, Brandon <laughs> wow. just brought it up. You're welcome, um, guys. I, I think, think this is a good time to bring up, though, that Casper has also done a movie, directed video called Casper Meets Wendy. Uh, it is with Hilary Duff, but you would like to check we that don't, out. We don't, talk, we don't talk about that. Are you sure? I remember Disney Channel played it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. With everywhere. <laughs> Mark, we're gonna go to your next or your first pick. <laughs> uh yeah, you know what? I'm I'm very excited because you know I get really excited I get to talk about this particular movie because I haven't been able to, and I hear certain people don't like it so much. So, you know, it's my favorite movie of uh yeah, it was a twenty it was twenty eighteen. It was the year twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. I, I don't remember. It was a uh, Paddington two. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I, I, from the first, it's one of the rare cases of the first movie that I saw that year and it being my favorite movie of that year. It just, it's just an absolute delight from beginning to end. It's just it, like, it, for whatever reason, even though, like, for even somebody like me, like, who just feel, feels kind of pessimistic and, you know, never, never, uh, He's, he's never too short from you know just making fun of somebody. It's it's just nice to see you know this little bear just be nice to everybody, and he brings <laughs> out the nice and everybody just fill, filled up my heart. It was amazing, and not to mention the movie's just remarkably made. I mean, just uh, Paddington looks great. There's like a bunch of scenes that are just incredibly well shot. It, it bugs me even to this day that Paddington was like I, I truly feel like Paddington probably deserved like an Oscar nomination for like art direction and original score and stuff like that. Like it, 
like there was very few things I thought, you know, were better made than Paddington that year. So yeah, Paddington two is, is freaking awesome. Um, yeah, I like both these movies quite a bit. I believe this was 2018. I think it was in the UK in 17, but was US 2018. Um, I remember the so when the first theater that I ever worked at, we had a uh, a giant screen in the lobby that played trailers, um, and it played the same six trailers on repeat for months. And one of them was the first Paddington trailer where he is in the tub and the tub like overflows and he goes down the steps and everything. And I wanted to shoot myself because I thought this, I was driven mad by this trailer and all the trailers were like from the creators of Harry Potter. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And and then I remember, I remember taking my niece to go see it and loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, And the second one is also fantastic. Just absolutely delightful. Um, I, the second, and I've only seen each one once, but the second one's the one with Hugh Grant, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I did like this one better. Um, I also really like, uh, is it Sally Hawkins, right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big fan of her in these movies. I thought she's really great as the mom. Uh, yeah, I like, I, I really enjoy this movie and I, I like the whole prison thing with, Brendan Gleeson and everything too. I think that's all really fun. So yeah, uh, this is a good pick. Uh, Boatman, what about you? Uh, yeah, Paddington 2 is great. It kind of surprises me that Mark really likes this one because this is... But actually, no. Because the one Wes Anderson movie Mark likes is Grand Budapest Hotel. And this is basically just Grand Budapest Hotel for children. And it's great. I wish I would have gotten this movie when I was like seven or eight or nine because like that would have this would have been like one of my favorite movies as a kid i'll be honest i've never had a desire to come back to this one but i remember really liking it in theaters and brendan gleason everyone talked about hugh grant i think brendan gleason is the best thing in this movie because he plays legitimate fear when a bear just gives him a mean scowl and it is one of the funniest things you will ever see what about you, Brandon? Oh gosh, I'd like to see uh, Paddington take on Mad Eye Moody. That'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I loved Paddington too. Um, I loved both Paddington. The second one, I'd say, was probably on par with the first one. I loved them both. Uh, Paddington is li- literally the living embodiment of the kind of person or bear that I want to be. He's he's just a fun, lovable guy, man. He's he's nice to everyone, and I try really hard to be just like that. So I related a lot to him. So those moves are great. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go to my next pick. Uh, my next pick. I, I was, I was trying to, I was debating between two. Um, and Mark gave me the confidence to pick one that I really want to pick. Um, this movie is also about an animated bear just trying to get through his life. It's Ted. <laughs> Uh, he's he's just trying to make his way from point A to point B, and shit keeps getting in the way, like uh, geese, um, getting a job, um, getting high. Uh, if you if you know me at all, if you've watched any of the shows that I run on this channel for any extended amount of time, you know I love Ted. Um, at least once a year I break down and change a movie that I usually give a four star to, to five stars. Um, 
this was this year I finally gave it. I said I've I watched Ted five six times a year. It's my go to. <laughs> I feel like shit. Nothing is gonna make me feel better. I guess I'll put on Ted. It helps, and then I end mm. up laughing my ass off every single time. It is not everybody's type of humor. I get that. I don't even really like Family Guy all that much. Like, I think it's fine. There are some funny episodes, but for some reason, this movie works for me. Uh, we did the watch along last year on Love's Movies. One of my favorite moments in this community was getting to watch Caleb Boatman watch this movie for the first time. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I absolutely love this movie. I even like the second one. There are parts in the second one that are really, really stupid. Um, but there's also parts that are great, like Liam Neeson's cameo in the second one is uh, is absolutely fucking legendary. Um, and yeah, I just I, I have a real soft spot for this movie. Um and I don't, I don't know. I love it. I think it's fucking great. Uh, Bowman, Ted. Ted is fun. Ted is not necessarily my kind of movie, but I can't deny that there's a certain amount of just charm to it or anti-charm, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just, it is a fun movie. It is, like, I, I think, like, just little things. Like, Patrick Warburton is not in this movie a lot, but I remember him being really funny in this. I really like Giovanni Ribisi in this. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and it really is just like a buddy movie. And yeah. Yeah, I also like the Joel McHale uh with the with the swimming photo. <laughs> he dove the shit out of the pool that year. Uh Brandon. Uh, uh, I, I love the Ted movies. I can't believe that even like escaped my mind. I forgot that that counts. Um I love both the Ted movies. I still uh, would love to see the prequel where it explains how Ted met Nora Jones. I think that'd be great. Or like a little, you know, side, you know, 10 minutes short. Um, there was something different about, about Ted. And I remember I worked in a movie theater when it came out. And I kept trying to explain to people who were trying to take their kids this movie. I said, this is rated R. This is not for your children. This is adult humor. And nobody would listen to me. You want to know how many refunds I gave for that movie? Because people didn't listen to me. But nevertheless, that movie is amazing. Sequel is great, but not as good as the first one. Um, I loved Man of being completely pop culture literate. That made me laugh every single time, especially when she came face to face to Gollum. Um, and then Liam yeah. Neeson is is classic. His he he stole the show for the five minutes he was in there. So, yes, all, Mark, all the way. Yes, Mark. What about you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I had this down the list, but I should have known I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I, 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 re I really like the first Ted. The first Ted is uh, first Ted is pretty awesome. It, it's all of the best aspects of Seth MacFarlane. It's got that humor, but, you know, the, the, the story also has a lot of heart in just how it's just these two guys just trying to navigate a friendship, you know, as they're going through different stages of life. And I, I think because they're. I mean, you'll watch episodes of Family Guy, and there's moments where Seth MacFarlane just kind of knows how to hit a good emotional moment. And I feel like he does that pretty well in the first Ted. And it, it makes that one more long-lasting. Because, I mean, you know, y'all just outlined it. It's a really funny movie. It's, it's you know, probably one of the funniest movies of the 2010s. It's it, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, <laughs> I think that's that's kind of what keeps that's what keeps me going back to Ted. And, yeah, you guys nailed it. If, if 
if you see any part of Ted Two, just go and watch the Liam Neeson scene. The Liam Neeson scene is maybe the funniest <laughs> yes. thing you'll yeah, ever see in so your life. Good. It's amazing. Yes. So if I take this home. I won't be followed. <laughs> you know, for the, for the longest time, I, I uh, no, we 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 do not have the money for that. Yet. <laughs> for the longest time, I had no idea there was an after credit scene. I was yeah, helping, there, yeah, I was helping them clean the theater, and he comes back, and I'm like, no way. Yep, <laughs> it's true. All right, uh, Boatman, your next pick. Uh, my next pick, I'll take the obvious one because no one else did, and I want to make sure it actually gets on. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a movie I used to not like. I used to kind of think that Who Framed Roger Rabbit was really overrated. And uh, this is where I'll give a shout out. Caleb Coho forced me to rewatch this movie. And yeah, no, (laughs) it's good. It's it's great. Uh, I love like the 40s detective noir style. Like they really commit to making it feel like a 1940s like detective film while also Toon World or Toontown. You know, I think that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, all the, the cartoon references are, are really fun and really smart. They got a lot of good jokes in there. I think that the first time I watched it, watched it the character of Roger Rabbit kind of was annoying to me. But now I, I actually, I, I really like Roger Rabbit. I love Judge Doom. Judge Doom's a great character. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's just a really fun movie, really inventive, and I, I, I love the style. Uh, I've never seen it. So, what? I yikes or not, but I've never seen it. I oh. may have as a child. My heart. Uh, but to my recollection, I've never seen it. Uh, it's coming out on 4K in a few weeks, so... Dude, your boy, your boy you, will probably you, pick it up then. And it's um, going to sit on your stack like the rest of them. Uh, Make pretty, an exception for this. Pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, Brandon, what do you think about it? Oh, as he leaves. Mark, what do you think about it? Um, yeah, I got... Um, I, I I like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, it's a, it's a movie yeah, I've gone back to a couple times this year, and it feels like it's a movie that really should be for me. I mean, I, I love the um, the old style detective, the angle of it. It's it's one that you know I, I really enjoyed. I, I really like how they integrate it with everything in the animated world, and you know, s- several moments that kind of make you think, I don't know, is this is this for kids? You know, kind of sorta. You mean you look at Jessica Rabbit, you're like, who who is this for really? And you know, you just. But you know, it's 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 a movie that I feel like I should like a lot more than I do because it it even though I, I do think it's I, I do think it's good, it's is still a movie that does kind of sit on like the lower half of Zemeckis for me, and it really shouldn't. Now I really don't know why. It maybe I haven't given enough shots, but I honestly I've given it plenty of shots. So yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of where it sits for me. Brandon, what do you think about Who's Frame Roger Rabbit? Sorry, guys. Um, that was actually the first time I'd ever seen a movie that combined um, animation with live action. And I was always fascinated. I'm still fascinated to this day because the animation and, you know, the hybrid now from, I, I believe it was the late 80s when that came out, if I'm not mistaken. But it still was just as great then as it does now. And I thought it was super cool. I, I love movies that like deconstruct 
you know, things like, for instance, like, you know, the, the politics in like Toontown and whatnot, and the, you know, collaboration of Toontown, the real world, and how all the tunes are in movies and stuff. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. Judge Doom, uh, the scene with the shoe still haunts me to my dreams. Caleb and Mark know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought it was so great. And I hadn't seen it in a while. Actually, I'm going to have to rewatch it now. Thanks to you guys. So, thumbs up for me. All right. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you for your next pick. Okay. My next pick. You know, I went I went back and forth about what I was which, which one I was going to do. Because I had to pick a Looney Tunes movie. Um, and as much as I love Space Jam, I, I got to go with Back in Action. Um, <laughs> Looney Tunes Back in Action. Like I just explained about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I love when things go super meta. And that movie went super meta. You know, the Looney Tunes like have contracts, stuff like that, dealing with actual Warner Brothers Studios. Daffy's trying to overthrow Bugs Bunny to be the best Looney Tune ever. And Steve Martin is the best. And I, going back to Matthew Lillard, I loved the scene where Matthew Lillard is talking to animated Shaggy and Shaggy's just telling him about how he just destroyed his character. I loved that scene. It made me laugh so hard. So Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, Boatman, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that this is a movie that gets a lot, that got a lot of hate when it came out, but really it's actually a really smart satire. Like there are some really like clever jokes. And I think the thing that everyone hated were like the two leads uh, but apparently, like, the leads having no chemistry was actually, like, part of the joke. Because uh, there's a deleted scene that, like, references that. And, like, <laughs> that fixes part of the movie. Uh, so I I wish they would have kept that line in. Because I, I think knowing that, like, the leads having absolutely no chemistry is part of the joke helps that movie. Uh, I think, but I think there's a lot of great moments. I just love Daffy, like, having, like, no fan base whatsoever. That's, like, one of the funniest <laughs> plot points. <laughs> Which is honestly, like, Daffy Duck has always been my favorite Looney Tune. I've always thought Daffy was the funniest Looney Tune. Um, but uh, whatsoever, I, I, I think this, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton is amazing in this movie and does not get enough credit for being absolutely hilarious. Um, Little T-Dalt. I remember seeing this when it came out. Uh, I've seen it a couple times since, just like on TV and stuff. Um, and I and I liked it as, as a kid, and, and I, I haven't seen it since probably high school. But uh, I remember liking Timothy Dalton a lot um, and thinking that it was funny. I'm sure I would laugh at it a little bit now if I saw it now, but it's been a while. Uh, Mark, what about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Funny thing about this movie, I have a distinct memory seeing it in my local town cinema. You know, a couple weeks after my brothers had left for college, and uh, haven't really seen it uh, since. Um, it it does feel like a movie though, where like I like the surrounding bits about it more. Just I think probably since Space Jam, they they really haven't tried to do another Looney Tunes movie, which seems really strange to me. I mean, I don't know why they didn't try to make that work, and also I mean. Were we just dicks to Brendan Fraser, you know, back back then? <laughs> just like you know, we, I don't know. It just feels like he's a, he's an actor we just didn't appreciate back then. I mean, I, I, I would see bits of it. I mean, he's fine. He, he's not bad in this movie. I mean, 
and he's just he's he's fucking nowhere now. And you know that's <laughs> you know that's something we need to fix. I agree. Fair enough. All right, Mark, uh, your next pick. Mm. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, got me on. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Scooby Doo. Oh, you know what? I you know I, I rewatched you know a few of these, uh, a few a few of these kind of movies saw on this list, and I gotta tell you that I was, <laughs> I was shocked to, to see how how much the this one held up for me. Like I don't, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. I mean, I I was um, as a kid, you know, I I never went to sleep early. And you know, you know the sign of you know when you stayed up way too late is when you saw Scooby Doo. Where are you on Cartoon Network? <laughs> Gotta let you know, like, oh, you you fucked up. You should you should have gone you should have gone to bed. Should have gone to bed, kid. And and you know what? I, I watched it. Reminded me a lot of that. I really really like the cast, especially since it's kind of like a it like it's kind of like a ragtag of kind of who's who at least back then Freddie Prince Jr. weirdly works in it. I mean, we brought up Matthew Lillard a lot on this episode. He's great <laughs> in this. Uh, Linda Cardellini, probably one of the first times I, I, I've seen her in something. Sharon Michelle Gale is also really good. And and honestly, I think, you know, the fact that James Gunn wrote this script was kind of a, a secret weapon for this movie because it's honestly still really funny. Like, I was surprised by how much I laughed during it. Like, it just... It's weird. I didn't expect this movie to hold up because I really liked it as a kid. And, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching like, man, this movie is still kind of good. I mean, I'm shocked. I don't like the second one, but, you know, the first one's good. Uh, the only thing I remember about the second one is that uh, Peter Boyle, rest in peace, uh, our Frank Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, I believe, plays the villain in the second one. Uh, he's the, like, he's he's like the decoy villain that isn't the villain. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but I... I watched this a lot uh, when it came out. <laughs> I remember, uh, and, and and I I like to pride myself on being one of the the bigger Disney fans in the community, um, even though I never mind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I was gonna say something. I changed my mind. Um, and I remember when this came out, and my parents said to me, "Ah, you want to go see Scooby Doo or Lilo and Stitch?" And I said. Lilo and Stitch. Nah, we're going to the do. <laughs> and uh, I will never forget that moment of then seeing Lilo and Stitch like two weeks later and being like, You see what we fucking missed two weeks ago? You see what we fucking missed, mom and dad? And I'm like nine at this point, but I'm like, you fucking see this shit? This was beautiful, and you made me watch Scooby-Doo. Uh, but no, I did watch this a lot as a kid because it was one of those things that it was just like there. Like we saw it in the theater, and then all of a sudden, I think we just met, like the VHS tape just magically appeared in our house. I don't know how it magically. got there, but it but it just did. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I. It, honestly it's a meme more than anything now because spence is so obnoxious about it uh and that's about how i feel about the movie uh boatman scooby dooby doo how do you feel about it i subscribe to the theory that <laughs> james gunn specifically wrote Scrappy-Doo in this movie to be, because he hated Scrappy-Doo 
so much that he wanted to make Scrappy the most unlikable character ever so that Scrappy-Doo would never appear in anything Scooby-Doo related again. Whether or not that's true. If it is true, it worked. Because Scrappy-Doo has not shown up in anything past this point. Is that so true? Has, yeah. Oh my god. No, yeah, he hasn't. Not since oh, then. He not. He's not been in any Scooby-Doo related piece of media since 2002 Scooby-Doo. Wow. Uh, is this a good movie? I don't know. Is this a movie I have watched a lot? Yes. Do with that what you will. Fair enough. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Um, I have no qualms with this movie. It recently had a resurgence in my household. My niece is 10, and a year ago she discovered Scooby-Doo on Netflix, and she played it over and over and over and over. Um, so it's kind of soured Scooby-Doo for me a little bit. I honestly think it's an okay that movie. Sucks. Yeah, no, it really it really did suck because I remember liking it a lot more before I had to watch it 20 million times. Um, I did not know James Gunn wrote the script. That is a new uh, new one on me, so thank you guys. Um, and I do fully support Caleb Oatman's theory about Scrappy-Doo because that's not a coincidence. He has not been in anything since that movie. <laughs> so... All right. Um, normally, I would give uh, one of the uh, guests the next pick, but uh, I want to I want to throw out a third one because uh, I, I want we we've talked a lot about like it, it comes naturally with this topic. You got more kid friendly films uh, like uh, you know Ted that I brought up earlier, but um, so next one I do I do want to bring up a fan favorite of mine from when I was a child. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> no one would dress the SpongeBob SquarePants movie because I'm sorry, it's delightful. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I even like the second one. The new one was pretty, ugh, uh, but I really like the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Um, and I rewatched it recently after uh, uh, Joseph Olivas just yelled shell city so quickly <laughs> faster than any grown man should in this ever uh i was like oh shit shell city um i'm sorry but david hasselhoff's pecs uh squishing spongebob and Patrick <laughs> together in order to catapult them oh my god into the sea is fucking beautiful um the uh i want a rock cover at the end is amazing uh goofy goober rock it, it, it's great um i remember thinking that if i ate enough ice cream i would get fucking wasted uh seeing this movie that that was just a thing like oh that's why mom and dad don't let me eat enough ice cream because you know i'll get fucking drunk and yes, I, was using this I want to get chocolate wasted uh, uh, but yeah no this this movie's great scarlett johansson plays a fucking uh princess yeah uh, it, it, it's pretty great uh the now that we're men song is uh top tier uh movie songs with the seaweed mustaches um i know we're not supposed to be talking about him right now but alec baldwin as like the as like the what is he a cucumber or what is he he's a 
He's just a fish. He's a dentist. Is he just a fish? I don't yeah, remember. Dennis the fish. I like it. I think he's super funny in that role. I, I I really like it. The this is what a real mustache looks like. It's just that movie did something like I watched that show a lot growing up. I was a Nickelodeon child and I watched that show a lot. And that movie was able to take characters that are if we're being honest pretty fucking obnoxious and turning it into an 80 minute movie and it kind of works really well uh it suffers from the fact that you don't get enough of like some of the like minor characters that i like a lot but i don't care uh i think this movie's really fucking funny actually so uh and the soundtrack like i was saying slaps uh boatman spongebob what you think i love the spongebob squarepants movie like this, this is hardcore nostalgia right here. Uh, I, you've talked about a lot of the songs in this movie. The best song, it's not an original song, but that, like, one of the greatest, like, end credit cuts ever. Ocean Man, Ocean Man, take me by the hand, lead me to the land. Great, great. Yeah. Love the Ocean Man. Love, love this movie. You don't need a license to drive a sandwich, and that's true. Uh, you know, it's just a movie filled with wisdom. You know, uh, where you know, I, I love the scene in the bar with the bubbles. That's great, and the and the the goofy goober song there. Uh, and there's just this movie's just fun. I it it's got that like SpongeBob positivity that I love. For being honest. I'm SpongeBob SquarePants and Caleb Coho is Patrick Starr and Cody Newberry Squidward Tentacles. If we're just being honest, that's fair. No, that adds up. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about this movie? Or is um, Mr. Krabs? I don't know. I honestly have not seen this movie since it came out. Um, so it's been a very long time for me. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, and now that you guys rocked out that final song, I may have to rewatch it. Um, because I super enjoyed the uh, the concert just now. Um, I remember liking it fine when it first came out. Um, but like I said, I haven't revisited it in probably 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, guys. <laughs> came out in 04, so 17. Okay. Years, but so still. Like tw- okay. <laughs> I said like Almost 20. 20 years. Oh, fun uh, fact. That scene with the, the ice cream lady, like the, the monster ice cream lady. Terrifying. You know, yeah, I cried in theaters, and my mom had to take me out because I was four at the time and Aww. couldn't handle that. So I couldn't watch. I didn't get to finish the movie. Funnily enough, actually, when this came, this, so this came out Thanksgiving, uh, two thousand four, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and I remember uh, going to the theater, uh, and my like the Scooby Doo, Lilo and Stitch situation. My parents said, "Hey, so." Uh, what do you want to see? You want to see The Incredibles? And I said, we already saw The Incredibles. <laughs> it's time for fucking SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mark, what do you think about this? Have you seen this one? Uh, no, uh, I haven't. I mean, I really, I saw the show a lot as a kid. And for some reason, I just, I never saw it as a kid in theaters. I, it, I find it interesting that, you know, it, it, it kind of <laughs> came out alongside The Incredibles because I saw that. But uh, yeah. SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants movies like no, nah, it was like three, it it was like like three two, weeks apart. Yeah, two, three weeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, who wants to give a final 
choice. Anybody got anything they want to bring up? We got room for one more. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? I got one. I'll, okay, go okay, go for it, Mark. Uh, okay, yeah, it's a movie I, I rewatched again last night. You know, it got uh, the uh, Fairly Brothers classic, Osmosis Jones. Okay. Ooh. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was honestly a movie I, I, I honestly watched a lot as a kid. Uh, really. Um, I I thought you know the idea was kind of interesting. You know, just kind of going back from, you know, it's live action animated and kind of trying to tell like this weird cop story also being like this weird comedy inside a body. Like, I don't know, it just, it worked for me. Like, I ended up buying the soundtrack too, even though like whenever I got the soundtrack, I was like, holy shit, I should not be listening to the soundtrack. A, a, <laughs> lot, a, a lot of, you know, uh, explicit rap uh, that uh, I was not prepared to hear and like, oh shit. This is this is purely <laughs> headphones listening, <laughs> but but no, I mean I, I still I, I watched it again. Nothing like it. It's it's honestly still really fun. I, I still really like the idea. You know, I I I really like Lawrence Fishburne in the role. He he plays you know just a really awesome you know just kind of creepy uh, villain who he's just this virus that's just trying to you know uh, kill a poor little Bill, Bill Murray. But no, I. It's one. It's one of the few times I think probably in the, I mean, not so recent. It came out like 15 years ago, but like recently, out yeah, Fairly Brothers have I think worked years. for me. Yeah, 20 years. It came out in 2001. Oh well, it's, it's been that, that's about how long it's, it's been since Fairly Brothers have been good. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the The only thing I really remember from this movie is uh, Bill Murray eating an egg that fell in a cage of a monkey. Uh, and that always really grossed me out as a kid. Uh, this movie, like, I remember uh, this was one we had on VHS that we watched uh, a few times. Um, who who plays like the medicine man sidekick guy? Uh, that's a David Hyde Pierce. Uh, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, I I literally only remember Chris Rock and Bill Murray. Um, yeah. I don't remember shit about anything else from this movie. You, you don't remember was, Niles from Frasier? No. I think this was one where, honestly, we my, I probably watched like the first 30 minutes of it a lot and then was like, meh, and went on to something else. And then would be like, ooh, it's time for Osmosis Jones. Watch the first 30 minutes. Meh. And like, go oh, on. Couldn't tell you anything else. So, uh, yeah. Th- cool. <laughs> Boatman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I haven't seen Osmosis Jones, uh, but I'm familiar with it. There we go. All right, Brandon, what about you? Um, growing up, my younger brother was obsessed with this movie when it came out, and he watched the DVD over and over and over, and I remember the human parts of Bill Murray, I remember being just absolutely disgusting. Like... Obviously, he's six. He's got runny nose. He's got zits and, and, you know, the egg in the cage thing. And it's it's funny because I had no appeal to watch that movie when my brother was obsessed with it. But you fast forward about five years ago, and I saw it on Netflix or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this in honor of my brother. And I was able to appreciate it more now than I was back then. It's actually very, very clever. And I like the way that they go back and forth. And I like seeing how what we think is sick like on the outside of our body is like, you know, I love seeing how the inside works. I don't know. 
that made more sense in my head. Oh. <laughs> I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, well, that's the list. Uh, everybody go over to the uh, Letterboxd uh, page where we have that list up. All the movies we've talked about tonight, uh, you can check out on the page there. Uh, Mark and Brandon, you both came to the show pretty late today. Did either of you get a chance to watch the movie of the month? Uh, no. Uh, I, I realized it as uh, about 30 minutes before, so I have not. Uh, that's a okay. Have either of you seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Yes. The original one was Sidney Portier, right? Yeah. So if yeah, you yeah, want yeah, yeah, yeah. to give your thoughts on No, that, the movie of the month is Guess Who, starring Bernie Mac. I'm and making sure there's not some kind of third re- version of it, you know. <laughs> if, you, if, you'd like to talk, if you would like to talk about it, about what you think of that movie, just on what you remember, you can do that now, Brandon, if you'd like. Gotcha. I remember I liked it a lot. I hated the Ashton Kutcher one. That's what I said. I don't know if there was a third version out there that was worse than Guess Who. <laughs> you can't mess with the classic. I loved Sidney Poitier, and I loved just the whole dynamic of, of you know, racially challenged families, you know, having to deal with, you know, their daughter dating a black man. I thought it was really great. And back then when it first came out, I feel that it was a super important film, and then the remake happened, and I said, why is this here? Yeah. So... Uh- I, I I saw that remake and I'm just like putting together now that that's what, wow. Uh, Mark, <laughs> have you seen the movie before? All right, just to make sure we're talking about Guess Who's Coming to Dinner because not Guess Who. I can talk about Guess Who. Uh, <laughs> guess, yeah, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I have not yeah. seen it. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, right. Mark. Man. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> what is your what is your letterbox handle? Uh, it's um. Bazinga, B A Z I N G A, eight five. Perfect, because I couldn't find you, so now we, we now we got you. So, uh, there you are. Perfect. Okay, we'll give you a follow. Um, okay, guys, that's the show. Um, thank you guys for watching. This has been a fun one. Uh, got to talk about some weird movies tonight, but it was a good time. It was it was fun. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week for the next show. But until then, thank you for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. 